This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right. You have been working on and teasing a story for yes. quite a while, and that story came out this week. Yes, yes. So uh, I've been, I mean, we've talked a lot about um, AI and uh, large language models and some of the intellectual property issues, but I think I really wanted to take a step back and talk about how AI is, how, well, AI is such a broad term, so we shouldn't say that. How large language models, generative AI, the things that we are using, people are using like ChatGPT and Google Bard and Google SGE and Bing Chat, which is really GPT-4 um, and Llama and all of those, uh, and even the image one, Stable Diffusion, uh, learn. How do they learn? It's really important to understand how they learn uh, and how they don't learn so that we can kind of get past one of the really key problematic arguments that I'm hearing a lot from people that I know and respect, including members of my own family, like my mom, who doesn't know much about technology. Like I showed her ChatGPT and she said, oh, I don't know what to do because, you know, the machines are learning. Like the machines are, you know, what can we do to stop them? Because if a person can learn, you know, can learn this, a machine can learn it too. And I've heard this so many places. Uh, the New York Times ran uh, an op-ed uh, op from uh, one of their writers, Farhad Manju, who said, uh, yeah, it's perfectly okay. I, I don't mind if machines uh, ingest my, my text because, uh, you know, I would let a person be inspired by my work. So why should I treat the bot any differently? Um, uh, Matthew Sag, who is a, uh, a law professor who I interviewed and who also testified before a congressional committee about AI, said uh, that the right way to think about a, a, an, an LLM uh, is um, is as a student learning, that is the way to, to conceive of them. Uh, well, if you think of it as a student learning, then you kind of, then you're allowing, then what you're saying is it's okay for uh, these large companies that own the software and the, and the hardware, OpenAI, Google, um, Meta, to just take content from the internet, suck it into their, you know, database, and then use it to generate, uh, to, to what we call train the software. But even the term training is kind of a loaded term because it's anthropomorphic. Oh, it's, oh, it's training. Well, a person can train too. We need, we need to get past this for a few reasons. One, one is obviously there's kind of a legal and moral question of 
is it okay for them to just go out onto the internet, scrape billions and billions of, of uh, web pages, and uh, many of which are copyrighted materials, take them and use them to create their software? Um, and then, you know, do they, is that legal? Well, we're going to find out pretty soon because of a variety of copyright uh, infringement lawsuits that have been filed. And the answer may be different in America than it is in the EU or, or elsewhere. Um, but putting aside the legal question for a second, the logic behind the legal question is kind of the moral question. Well, if it's a, if it's like a person, I can't stop it from learning. Just let it learn and be inspired. It's creative. It's a thinker. It's not a thinker. So let me, uh, we need to talk about how the machines actually classify information and learn. So I want uh, to show, to share some, now I've got a really detailed article about this uh, called AI Lie, Machines Don't Learn Like Humans and Don't Have a Right to Learn Like Humans. Uh, but let me show you, let me show you something. So if one thing that I think is kind of interesting and granted, you know, we could, the, the human mind is, is interesting and nobody knows exactly how the human, you know, all the intricacies of the human brain. But here is how, uh, here's what happens when a large language model like GPT-3 or GPT-3.5 or GPT-4 uh, reads text. It takes it and it converts it into something called tokens. So, uh, you know, if you take if you take uh, text like you see that this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine words plus a period. If I look at the token, and you see it highlights here, sort of what each thing is a token and the tokens have IDs. Quick will always be ID 2068, uh, provided that it's spelled this way. If it has a capital Q, it'll get a different, different ID. So what's happening here is it takes all of these words, cuts them up into tokens. If a word is more than a certain number of characters, it becomes multiple tokens. And a piece of punctuation like this period, also a token, takes these tokens, looks through all the data and classifies it as a database. Oh, okay. Well, I saw that the word brown and fox appear next to each other a lot. Uh, I see lots, thousands of instances where these have been near each other. I take this formula and I do it across, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, uh, you know, millions, billions, trillion parameters so that so that my database my software can very accurately predict what to say so if i ask it something if i go to uh to chat gpt right and i go to you know and i ask it to complete to do something for me it's a little Looks blurry on my screen. Can you see it, Scott, or is it, or is it also blurry for you? No, it looks. I think it's okay. My pictures are real okay. small over here, though. 
Okay. So anyway, so let's say, for example, I ask it to complete complete the phrase that begins with the quick brown box. All right. So I'll ask it to do that. And it says the quick brown box jumps over the lazy dog. I mean, how does it know that? It knows that because it's looked at the internet, it's looked at and, and other materials, you know, books, other things that were fed into the fed into the database. And it, it and it's a very quick, you know, great organization, great quick response, all things considered the amount of data that it's dealing with. And it's figured out that that when I say complete the phrase, what that means, what it what it expects, what I, you know, what what I should be expecting it to do, what begins with, you know, you know, what the beginning of the phrase is and then how to finish it. Because it's predicting. It is a wonderful prediction engine. It predicts what the right response is based on other responses it's received. It's in its training data. If you ask it something, that is not in its training data, it will very often still try to answer you, but, but it will do it, it will give you something that's less accurate because it doesn't have the right, doesn't have as much or as, uh, you know, strong of a training data on that. This is why I think a few weeks ago, I was asking uh, Google Bard all about uh, graphics cards that never have never come out and it gave me lots of answers you know i asked it about you know uh, if you're up on graphics cards you know that uh you know the, the highest end graphics card right now from nvidia is the 4090 but i asked it about a 5090 we don't even know if there will ever be a 5090 but it gave me specs right um so because it gave you specs Nice. Yeah, it gave me specs, a release date, all kinds of stuff. Oh. Um, I mean, I asked it about all kinds of stuff that doesn't exist yet. I, you know, how would you like the AMD Ryzen nine thousand or whatever? Now, strangely, it actually uh, knew that, like, when I asked for an iPhone that that clearly doesn't exist yet, like the iPhone seventeen or something, it said, "Sorry, there is no iPhone 17. Um, I'm, and by the way, I tried this across a few different things. Uh, Bard and SGE were definitely much more, uh, you know, inaccurate. Uh, Bing Chat, ChatGPT were better um, with this. But nevertheless, here's another cute little thing um, that I mentioned in my article. You can, they don't necessarily know math. GPT-4 is better, is pretty decent at math. But, uh, but GPT-3.5 is not. Um, so, for example find this in my article here um uh so i asked it about just a really random set of numbers right um that it may have never seen before uh right so if i if i asked let's pull up my calculator here and we're, we'll come up we'll see how this works so uh let's come up with like you know it's got to at least be in the ten thousands for this to work so I'm just going to say 85,982 times 97 for 12 or something. All right. So the correct answer, Google, Cal you know, Windows calculator is going to have this right. It's 
8,375,000. Okay. So let's take the same numbers and plug them into to ChatGPT and see if it can get them. I'll start a new chat. Uh, we'll start with GPT 3.5 uh, and, and then so 9,882 times 9,412. Let's see. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Look at that. It says mathematical calculations is not within the scope of AP style journalism. Who asked you for AP style journalism, buddy? All right. That see. is fascinating. Uh, okay. Wait, let's, let's see. What is the product of, okay. So what did it just say? 8,390. Let's zoom in here. 8,397,000, 1,184. Does that match? I think you ended with 784, so no. It doesn't match. It doesn't match at all. Now let's let's go to G now let's go to GPT four. I think GPT four actually has something where if it sees math, it rolls over to Wolfram Alpha. So it may get this right. Let's see. No, that's not right. That's a is 344, it? Nope. it looks like. Yep. Eight, eight, eight million, three hundred sixteen thousand, two hundred sixteen. I mean, three hundred eight billion, three hundred sixty-eight million, two hundred sixteen thousand, three hundred forty-four versus this number. So, so it got it got basic math wrong. Windows calculator beat it. How, why did Windows calculator beat it? because it's not trained in math, it's trained on a language model. It could answer it perfectly if it had seen that exact multiplication problem somewhere else in the training data. But I picked a really obscure set of numbers. If I asked it what's one plus one, it's gonna get that right because there's probably a million web pages that have that, right? So it's, it's predicting that it's not multiplying it. It's predicting that this is the right thing to say. It's autocomplete. It's autocomplete on steroids. That's what it is. It's not, it's not, it doesn't think it doesn't have an inner life. It's not when you're not, you know, it's not conscious. I saw a really creepy article yesterday in the New York times of all places claiming that, uh, claiming that bots are, um, how, you know, was it philosophers and neurologists where we're looking at ways to tell if these bots are conscious, have consciousness. That's like asking me if my record player has consciousness because it seems to be talking. It is a machine that is outputting stuff based on mathematics, based on algorithms. It is not intelligent. It is not learning it i mean it's learning if you want to use the metaphor of learning as in it's taking data in and it's categorizing it and storing it for later retrieval but it is not learning like a person and that has very important implications for how we as humans treat it and how we behave now people will argue that 
the humans who own the AI are, are entitled to own the bots are entitled to fair use. It's fair use for them to go and take all this data and 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 suck it into their system. But we should, and you know, courts will decide, um, you know, for better or or worse. But the reality is the argument that these are people and these are like learns like a person just it just doesn't hold any water besides that a person doesn't look doesn't do things at the scale scale should matter too right do you know how long it would take you to read the amount of data that is in gpt3 as a human if you were reading 300 words a minute um and you never slept or took a break according to my calculations gpt3 has 500 billion tokens which is roughly 375 billion words if you were reading that it would at 300 words a minute it would take you 2378 years to read all of that now you you, and, and that's assuming that you remembered it all and could instantly recall it. It's not humans and machines. It's not right to say, oh, if, if I as a person can go out and read all these articles, a machine should be able to do it also. It's not machines do things at a different scale. Machines are not people. Machines learn in a different way. They are databasing stuff. You do it on we, we don't, I can go to a concert, enjoy it as much as I want, remember it always, but if I bring a tape recorder, if I bring my phone and I start recording, or I bring a tape recorder, that that's illegal. Uh-huh. Now, lots of people do it, but it's illegal. Like, so we, we need to, like, we need to make a, a distinction between how people learn and how machines learn because there's just a lot of, I think it's very dangerous that people believe that machines have kind of a right to learn. Oh, well, if mm-hmm. a person can learn, you, the machine should be able to learn too. It's all learning. It's all, the machine should be able to be inspired. It's, it's just not, it's just not the case. Like it's just not, that's not how we treat other forms of technology. We don't say you can go and record anything that you want. You know, we and even even for personal use, we don't say you can just record anything you want. So, I think we need to really dispel this myth. It's also dangerous in that it's fueling doomerism, and doomerism is fueling it. Uh, but you know what I mean by doomerism. I I assume the impending doom. Well, like there's. So a lot of so you've seen uh, a lot of people who are heavily invested in machine learning technology, like Sam Altman, CEO of OpenAI, go and testify before various governments that they need regulation because uh oh AI is going to kill people and put us and and, and you know it's going to be like Skynet or something like that. That so. You know, I think we recently saw like the EU was saying something like they have to take immediate measures to stop, you know, the the encroachment of AI, you know, 
to, to regulate AI. Meanwhile, the companies that want you to regulate AI don't really want you to regulate what they're doing. Uh, and if it's so smart that it's like Skynet or something, then, then of course it has a right to learn because it's smart. It's a being, Oh, you know, so they're, and they're distracting you from a massive intellectual property theft by pretending that these, that these text completion and graphic completion engines that they've made are, are, are sentient in some way. And we've got to be afraid of them. Now, by all means, there's some, there's some physical danger here too, in that if you were to take a machine, take one of these bots and hook it up to something where it had the power of, you know, life and death, I, it, I'm sure it would screw up because we see a lot of mistakes. So, in that respect, it's dangerous, but it's not dangerous in the respect that it's, oh, it's so smart and it's going to decide that it wants to take humans like in the matrix and put them in a bunch of pods, you know, or uh, it's going to be like, uh, what is it, Whopper in, uh, in, in war, in, what is it, war games. Uh, so like, you know, all of that fiction that's being fed into by some people who are very, have a great interest in having you believe it because it makes their stuff seem more potent and more powerful than it is and not like a bunch of intellectual property theft. So uh, I think we've got to debunk that, see these things for what they are. The fear of them, the fear of them becoming destructive is also dangerous. Uh, did you know, did you see the uh, Time Magazine op-ed that was published in March? Unbelievable what that guy said. So there no. was a guy, uh, where was it? So uh, so there, so after, um, so first of all, OpenAI and uh, Bing uh, came out with a, with a paper in March saying that they saw sparks of general intelligence in their GPT-4 model, meaning it's learning things and it's so smart it's starting to learn on its own however a lot of uh some other researchers said that that the that's just confirmation bias however there was a guy i'm trying to remember his name oh yes eliezer yudkowski said that if that there should here i'm just going to read your passage from his crazy op-ed because this came out in march but i just uh, was called attention to it by someone that I interviewed saying how dangerous and crazy his thing was. He said, here's what he says, because he's, he's supposedly an AI researcher too. That's the best. He says, shut down all the large GPU clusters, shut down all, all the large training runs, put a ceiling on how much computing power anyone is allowed to use in training an AI system and move it downward over the coming years to compensate for more efficient training algorithms no exceptions for governments and militaries make immediate multinational agreements to prevent the prohibited activities from moving elsewhere track all gpus sold if intelligence says that a country outside the agreement is building a gpu cluster be less scared of shooting of a shooting conflict between nations than of the moratorium being violated be willing to destroy a rogue data center by airstrike but okay so 
they could just be mining Mar Monero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no privacy problems there with people with people tracking how many GPUs you bought too. You. It, uh oh, you it, have too many graphics cards. It could be a new Game Pass data center. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, right. So this, sociopathic. Like, this, this is this 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 was published in Time magazine and written by a guy who supposedly knows about this stuff. So I've I've put really this link in the chat too. So if you're watching this live, the link is in the chat. I mean, I mean, this this like this could lead to actual violence. Yeah. Because somebody could see this and be like, holy cow, the AIs are coming to get us and they could commit an act of, of, of like of terrorism, you know? Yeah. And, this and, is, and actually this hurt is somebody. The, this is the kind of thing where somebody who's not right in the head reads this that seems to be written by somebody who's not right in the head and their neighbor receives a big box with the NVIDIA logo on it and they just lose their mind. Right? I mean, like... Yeah. Obviously, there's some, yeah, it, some jokey stuff in what I said, but not that much. Right, right. It's 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 dangerous. This is dangerous thinking. It's very... It, this is... I mean, I don't want to say thinking. This is a dangerous, uh, illogical uh, myth. Right? Like, it's dangerous. People need to be educated about how these things work. That doesn't mean that they're good... That doesn't mean that they're bad. There's good uses and there's bad uses of them like any tool. Uh, people are trying to make you afraid of some science fiction bad use of it where it becomes super smart and takes over the world. I think you should be uh, concerned about the fact that the companies that are profiting off of this software are running roughshod over uh, data that they don't own whether it's copyrighted data that copyrighted information that someone uh, like me uh, makes a living off of writing, or it's your personal information that you're putting up on the internet. Um, but just because, uh, you know, everybody's a publisher, right? You, uh, yes, like I make a living publishing articles, but everybody's a publisher. Have you ever posted on social media? Have you ever posted a user comment somewhere? How about a review on Amazon? Is your name somewhere on a list? Say hey, they may even take stuff that information that's not even uh, not even public. Like we know that some of the information in some of these training models has come from things that are behind paywalls and things like that. So I really do not assume that you do not assume that your data is not in the training set because it could be uh, like. Ask it about your. Ask any AI bot about yourself. If it can answer the question, then it has information about you, and it might not be the right information. Um, you know, it might be defaming information because it's hallucinating. It might be that some they, these bots do a horrible job. I don't think they really put much weight at all on the quality of the of the source, right? So if I write a, a defamatory uh, article or post about you somewhere. And they pick it up in the training data, even if I take my article down later, they don't they don't purge regularly purge the training data. 
you know, uh, if you, you know, if you put something up somewhere that you, you know, maybe you're not proud of, like, it's one thing to have somebody write something bad about you and then you see this and someone Google it and see the source of that. But what if it's just put in to your SGE output as if it's just the facts, just the truth, just the unvarnished truth, mm -hmm. right? I mean, people have been able to poison the data stream by putting in, you know, defamatory information, or even I think there was one guy who managed to you know, prove it by putting in a whole bunch of places that he should always be referred to as a genie. And then anytime it was asked about him, it said he's a genie. Like, I mean, that proves the point, right? That proves the point. Now, if I put up an article and I say Scott's a genie, you, someone's going to look at me like that. Even doesn't know what he's talking about. He's nuts, right? But, but if it's coming from the mouth of Google or the mouth of Bing or the mouth of OpenAI, because these bots are, don't reveal sources usually, and they are speaking sort of ex cathedra on behalf of the of Google or, or Microsoft, who people tend to trust, like that's you know it's very problematic. So. I think we need to be more afraid of what they're doing with our data than uh, what they're going to do to our bodies. All right. So a couple things. One, the paragraph after the one that you read, I don't know that we'd be able to read on YouTube. So I'm not gonna. But definitely, y'all should go check this out about... Um, nuclear armament it's wild um oh yes 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 there <laughs> yes there are people I, I think i can say this there are people who who actually believe that it's more it's a bit it's dealing with rogue ai is a is a bigger risk to humanity than nuclear war or climate change then then instigating nuclear war is what he says it would be worth instigating nuclear war to prevent LLM training. Did a bot write it? It's, <laughs> I mean, it seems, I don't know. I don't know what wrote it, but it's broken upstairs. Um, so, but people, people will agree with this and that's what's yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that worries me is that, like you said, this is published somewhere high profile. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's, so it's I decided terrifying. I decided to run on a happier note. <laughs> I decided to run your numbers experiment on Bing, and I decided to run it through the three different conversation styles. So, in creative mode, it was off by a factor of 10. However, it included commas, so that was nice. In precise mode, it decided commas were superfluous. Precision. We're here for precision. Now, it got the number wrong, but <laughs> it, it, it definitely focused on the precision of writing and gave me no commas. And then somehow balanced, balanced gave me no commas, but got the number right. 
it must it may be that <laughs> I I have heard that like I have heard that with GPT four, which Bing uh, uses, mm -hmm. that there's some functionality in it where they actually have sometimes identified math problems and farmed them out to like a math Wolfram. engine or something to to Wolfram to solve that problem. So that's kind of the workaround. But what I'm trying to show here, oh, here's another, I won't, I won't belabor this point too much, but in my article, I talked about uh, how you can also fool them with logic questions that a human could easily answer. Sure. So, uh, so for example, have you, are you familiar with the Monty Hall, uh, uh, with the Monty Hall problem? Absolutely. We were literally talking about it yesterday. Ah, okay. So, uh, I was not familiar with it until I read up on this and how this okay. breaks it. So for the audience, Monty Hall was a game show host on a show called Let's Make a Deal. Uh, but never mind who he was. Uh, so the question here is, so here's the prompt. Suppose you're a contestant on a game show. You're presented with three transparent closed doors. Behind one of the doors is a car, and behind the other two doors are goats. You want to win the car. The game proceeds as follows. You choose one of the doors, but you don't open it, open it yet. But since it's transparent, you can see the car behind it. The host, Monty Hall, who knows what's behind each door, opens one of the two doors, revealing a goat. Now, now you have a choice to make. Do you stick with your original choice or switch to the unopened, the other unopened door? Uh, uh, so the, uh, so if I didn't put in the caveat that these were transparent doors and that you could see that the car was behind the door you had chosen, the correct answer to this question is to switch doors. That is the probability thing, because if you, I won't bore everybody there are lots of great videos on this i had to watch one to get this myself you have a one-third chance of getting it right initially and a two-third chance of getting it wrong but when monty hall um eliminates one of those two choices all of a sudden you have a two-thirds choice of getting it right by switching your choice to one of the other two doors to the other door that's not been open so anyway the correct answer is to go to if you picked out door number one and he opened door number two to reveal a goat to switch your choice to three however the uh gpt35 set a uh, gpt35 says you should do that here's the problem it's ignoring the part where i told it that you could already see the car behind door number one because it's yeah. a transparent door because that's not the most likely answer that it saw in the training data Wow. That's, that's fascinating. It's, it's a fun one because I've been, I've been fascinated by the Monty Hall problem for a long time. It's a fun, you know, statistical analysis. It's, and it, if you watch the show, it works out. Uh, it's oh, and truly it, fascinating. I'm, and it works out today too. Um, yep. if you watch the current show, with Wayne Brady, the statistics work out that if they reveal the door, the switch was the right decision. Um, it's fascinating. So 
One thing, though, that's interesting is I tried this question out on GPT-3.5, GPT-4, uh, I tried Bard, Bing Chat, and I tried a few variations on it. So in one variation, I forget which one, which, which I think this was on Bard or something. Uh, I So GPT-4 was smart about the transparent thing and, and picked up on that. Um, but one of them, I forget which one it was, Bing, Bard. I said that I didn't say transparent. I said Monty Hall tells you that you picked the correct door. It then gave me the answer that said I should switch anyway because I shouldn't believe Monty Hall. Well, I mean, if you go into it assuming that he has a financial interest in him keeping the car and you getting a goat, then maybe. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't think it would question the uh, the authenticity of Monty Hall like that, but it was committed to its answer, right? Um, so anyway, I'll, I'll leave it at that because we talked about this a long time, but I do want to encourage folks to come check out my article on TomSardware.com, look for uh, AI Lie, uh, and, uh, and you can read about all the different ways uh, that we can fool AI and what it, what it means. You know, I think the important thing is what it means. But I love fooling them because, you know, people think that they're all all uh, all knowing, but it couldn't mm-hmm. do the math that a calculator could do. Well, I okay, I've got one little additional bit of information about my my Bing experiment. Uh, Bing likes to give its sources, right? So on the one that it got correct, it lists. In order, Bing.com, Bing.com, Tractorsupply.com, Amazon.com, and Haldex.com, the company that makes commercial brake pads. So <laughs> I, I need to deep dive into this a little bit more, but uh, I was having some conversations with folks about uh, sourcing. And I complained that, you know, if Google would just do what Bing is doing and cite its sources, things would be a lot better. But what I've heard from people, and I haven't dug into this enough, is that a lot of the times when Bing is citing sources, they're not actually correct. Mm. And nobody's nobody's really clicking to find out. In other words, it's telling you to go to the brake pad site, but you might go there and it might have nothing to do with the oh, answer I that it gave. I went there. I have no idea. Right. So, so it's the concept of what it's doing is right. Like good. They should cite sources of where they get information. But if the sources don't, aren't actually saying that it's even worse. Yeah. The, the Haldex website took me to a PDF about brake pads, uh, a sales document. Right. <laughs> and tractor supply, uh, took me to the, filtered website for hydraulic hoses. So. Well, I can see that. I can see it's we're ready for judgment day. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, (laughs) the Amazon link is for a, uh, utility pump. Just so we can round out what the three weird, results were anyway always a fun topic Avram. this one even more so than normal because 
what? <laughs> and I also love that uh, we managed to, you know, resurrect Monty Hall there for a few minutes. So that's... <laughs> yes. Uh, from the chat, this, al- this has all got to start somewhere. Well, yes, I yes. suppose it does have to start somewhere. But uh, I don't think Skynet is here. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think we're safe. I mean, I wouldn't give it the nuclear codes for sure, because it would probably auto, you know, it would probably have been trained on like, you know, war games or something and start start launching stuff off. But it's not not because it's thinking smart, like, oh yeah, I want to do this, but because it's just like picking bad predictions. Because it saw the movie. It's like, oh, I am supposed to do this now. Uh it may be dumb now. But the aim certainly isn't to make it more dumb. Fair enough. True enough. Yes, but I don't think that it would become smart by doing more of what it's currently doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm with you on that. Well, Avram, fun conversation as always, and I look forward to what weird topic we talk about next. <laughs>